You already had your marker put in Galatians because that's where we've been. And uh, we've been walking verse by verse through Galatians. And maybe you already turned there because you were going to beat everybody else to it. And then the preacher throws an audible. All right, we're going to be in Luke chapter number two this morning. Luke chapter number two, familiar passage. In fact, you can put your marker there because Lord willing, we're going to be in Luke chapter number two. Not only this week, but for the next three weeks as well. All right. In fact, we're going to spend the next three weeks, including this week, in one verse. This seems impossible, all right? So it's, uh, it's going to be unbelievable, where, uh, but I'm looking forward to diving into this. It's a familiar uh, verse in the Word of God. We're going to be looking at it in just a few moments and uh, diving into things together. I'm looking forward to this. If you're a guest this morning, I want to say thank you for choosing to be here with us at Whitehall Baptist Church. We're grateful for your presence. We're grateful that you're here. And uh, each week, we go verse by verse through the Word of God. We study the Scriptures within its context. We pull out from the Word of God what the intended Scriptures has for us, and that's going to be our goal over these coming weeks. It's to dive into the Word of God deeply and really understand what the Word has for us. And uh, I'm looking forward to that in these days ahead. Let's, let's begin with the word of prayer. We're going to ask the Lord to help us to do just that. And then we're going to dive into the Scriptures together this morning. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that you've given us to be able to open your Word. Thank you for the freedom that we have in the country that we live in to be able to do that. And God, I pray this morning that as we open your Word, as we focus our attention on, on familiar verses, Lord, I pray, God, that the familiarity of them would not steal away from the truths that are found in them. I pray, God, we'd be challenged in a, in a powerful way today. I pray, Lord, that you'd help me. Lord, don't let me get in the way. Lord, you know that, that I am just a finite man, and, and God, my words, my ability is so limited, and yet, God, your word is so powerful. So, Father, I pray that your word would be magnified and glorified this morning. I pray that everything that's said and done would bring you honor and glory And I pray, Lord, that whenever we finish the service today, that each person would walk out of this room, Lord, closer to you than what they've ever been. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Look with me, if you would, at Luke chapter number 2, beginning in verse number 10. The Bible says this, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you, is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. We all like to get good news, don't we? It's always nice whenever you, whenever you hear good news. Uh, if you turn on the news channels today, that's not something that you hear very often. But we all like to, to get good news. Good news like, hey, you got a raise. That would be good news, all right? Uh, you, you'd like that. Or you got a bonus at your job. That, that would be a, a, a good thing. Maybe that you won an award. I know all the kids every week, they can't wait until the end. I mean, that's the whole reason they come to the church is so they can get to the end and find out if they won the quiet seat prize, right? And then they get a piece of candy or something. That's what they... We, we love uh, good news. We love uh, whenever we get, uh, get something that's positive that's told to us. I remember when Tressa let me know that we were expecting our first baby. Uh, our first baby, Jace. I'll, I'll never forget. We were living in Indiana at the time. Uh, we were back there for a period of time, and, and uh, we, we were sitting on the couch that night, and, and uh, I remember as we were sitting there on the couch, we were getting ready to, to turn on a movie. I don't remember what the movie was, but I remember uh, she, she got up to do something, and while she was doing something, a preview came up for that movie, and I remember, uh, you know, as, as the preview was playing, sitting there, I was very intense. It was some type of football movie or something, and I was very interested, and I remember her walking over to me, and she was holding something, but I was, I was really into this movie, and, uh, you know, I 
remember her coming over and she was like, babe, I've got something. I want to tell you something. I said, just, just hold on a second. This is... This looks like a really good movie. And I remember, it was like the longest preview that's ever in existence. I mean, like, I remember standing there for, for like, ever. And finally, the movie preview ended, and I was like, man, we're going to have to watch that one whenever it comes out. And I remember finally looking over, and she was holding a giant cookie, and on it said something like, you know, congratulations, Daddy, or something like that. And, uh, you know, it was, it was good news. It was great news that we were expecting that we were going to have a baby. I mean, how exciting that was. I mean, to to get the, the good news of a baby. Well, around 2,000 years ago, there were a group of men out in a field doing their job. They were tending to their sheep. They were shepherds. In that time in history, shepherds were considered the very lowest of society. It was a job that was, was so low that often it was assigned to the youngest in a family. They, they wouldn't even pay somebody to do it. They just took the youngest child and said, get out there and watch the sheep. That's the job that David was given. You'll remember the youngest child. And you, and you remember when Samuel came to anoint the Lord's next anointed one that was going to be the next king of Israel. And, 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 and David's dad, Jesse, had brought all the boys in there and, and, and Samuel went through and said, no, it's not this one. No, it's not this one. No, it's not this one. Went all the way down the line, got to the end, and he said... Is this it? I mean, like, did God make a mistake? Is there, do you have any other kids? And, and Jesse goes, oh, yeah, that's right. I've got another one out in the field. He's tending to the sheep, but uh, surely not. <laughs> he said, go and get him for it. And they would go and get him, and sure enough, it was David. He was an afterthought to his dad. His dad, I mean, it was just kind of like the wasted job, a worthless one. If you couldn't do anything else, you would resort yourself to a life of being a shepherd. They were looked down upon, dismissed. They were considered to be dishonest and unclean according to the very standard of the law. And because of that, they weren't even allowed to be a witness in a trial because their word counted for nothing. And yet on this star-filled night in Bethlehem, it was to these humble shepherds in a field that the message of Christ's birth was proclaimed. What a stunning scene. Just like any other night, they're out there attending to their job, taking care of their sheep, just punching in the time clock. It's interesting that such a lowly people would be put over such an important job. While normally shepherding sheep wouldn't be that important, These shepherds in Bethlehem did have something a little extra. Because they would have been watching over not just any normal sheep. No, this flock of sheep had the lambs that were used for the ceremonial Passover sacrifice. The spotless lambs. The spirit carried such great importance to the nation of Israel. Here they were being cared for by the scum of society. The shepherds. But on this night... This despised, rejected, destitute group of people would be entrusted with the most wonderful message. The message that the angels described as good tidings or good news. Good news. 
Over these next few weeks, we're going to pull back the veil and dive into the message that these shepherds received that night. That wonderful message that we find in verse number 11 where they cried out to them and said, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And I hope each week you will come expecting an early gift from God's Word. An encouragement. So I encourage you, don't miss it. Come with anticipation to hear the good tidings, the great news that changed the lives of these shepherds and the lives of every person before and since that night. You see, on that night, those shepherds were undoubtedly shocked when they heard from the words, uh, those words from the angels, for unto you. Unto you. Yes, it was a message that was for the whole world. Praise God that there's no one being left out. Luke chapter number 2, verse number 10, the verse before, where the angel says to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. This wasn't just for a select few, it was for everyone. The Bible makes it very clear in John chapter number 3, verse number 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's not just for a select few. 1 Timothy chapter number 2, verses 3 and 4. He says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. Listen, God did not send His Son for a chosen few. He did not send His Son for specific ones that had been elected to eternal life with Him. No, this message excluded no one. And in a world that's trying to divide and alienate among social and economic and even cultural lines, God has not assigned His message to a select few. No, no, friend. No one has been left out. And these shepherds were grateful for that. Because if there was one group that would have gotten left out of the good news In that society, it would have been them. What the shepherds discovered was something even more precious than good news to the whole world. No, the angel didn't just say it was for the whole world. He said, for unto you. Unto you. This was a personal message for each one of those shepherds. And friend, Jesus wasn't just born on this earth for the whole world. He was born for you you. We can learn some lessons from this message to the shepherd that is still true today. Some some powerful lessons that we're going to look at this morning. And I hope you'll understand that this message, yes, while it applies to all of the world, listen friend, it applies to you. To you. We see this first of all, they were valuable to God. They were valuable to God. For unto you, the angel says. The angel that was sent from God could have appeared to anyone. He could have appeared to the politicians and to the presidents, although nobody probably would have believed the message then if it went to them. Could have appeared to the scribes, to the Pharisees, the religious crowd. Could have appeared to the wealthy businessmen of the day who had influence. But no, they appeared to the lowest of lowly of society. They appeared to the ones who society had deemed worthless and unworthy. They appeared to the ones who came from poverty and broken backgrounds. And while the rest of the world deemed them as a waste, they had value to God. 
Friend, we live in a world that tells people that the only value you have is what you can add to society through a job. So what happens when it's taken away? What happens when the sickness takes over and you can't fulfill your duty? What happens when the boss says there's not enough to go around and they have to let you go? What happens when you disappoint your family and your friends? What happens when the system seems stacked against you and you seem to have lost your worth? This time of year has the highest suicide rate of any time during the year, during the holidays. Depression runs rampant because things aren't going the way that they thought that they would. The money isn't there. The family isn't happy. Work isn't going the way that you hoped that it would. Seems that your value's diminished. I mean, you get to the, uh, the end of another year and it's like, oh, I thought things would have been differently in 2023 and now here it's the end and it's all the same. It's even worse. Can I remind you this morning? While the world may not find value in you, you are valuable to God. Psalm 139 verse 14 says, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. He says, listen, you you are wonderfully made. Marvelously made. God made you with intention. God made you purposefully. God didn't make any, He doesn't make mistakes. And God didn't make a mistake when He created your life. In Jeremiah 31, verse number 3, Jeremiah wrote and said, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. He says, Listen, I loved you. I, I, I care about you. I want you. I value you. When everything seems to be falling apart in your life, or maybe you just find that you, ha- that you have it all, and all of it is still empty, it's then that you can discover that God is, and always has been, and always will be enough, and God still values you. Friend, find your value, find your identity, not in your job or some role that you have as a spouse or as a parent. No, friend, find your identity in Christ. Job lost everything in his life. No matter a few moments, uh, one, uh, one servant after another came to him, and, and Job went from the wealthiest man in the land with all the family and, and the blesseds, uh, blessings of life, and, and we would look at his life, and I'm telling you, I mean, he would have been like the very top of society of his day. In a matter of moments, he went from the wealthiest, most blessed man to nothing. He lost everything. Servants, wealth, family, all of it, gone. In the midst of his sorrow and brokenness, Job makes a statement that would be good for everyone in this room to take note of. He said in Job chapter number 13, verse number 15, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I will maintain my ways before him. If everything was taken away, including his very life, Job chose to trust God through it. Why? Because his identity was not in any of those things. Did you get that? If Job's identity had been in his job, when his job was taken away, Job would have lost everything. If Job's identity was being in a dad and his kids were taken away, What was his life even worth? 
But his identity was not in any of those things. His identity was in God. In God. And friend, you have value this morning not because of what you do or the family roles that you play. You have value this morning because you are loved by God regardless of any of those things. We celebrate this time of the year because Jesus was born on this earth. And, and it's, it's something that's so common that, that you've probably said, and, and I think he, Isaac even said it this morning, Jesus is the reason for the season. And that's true. That is the reason for, for, for this time of year. Jesus is the reason for the season. But, but don't miss this. For you and I, while Jesus is the reason for the season, for Jesus, you and I are the reason for the season. Get that? For you and I, it's all about Jesus. But listen, for Jesus, it's all about you. It's all about you. You are the reason that He came to this earth. You are the reason that He died on that cross. You are the reason that He gave His life. So that you could have eternal life. See, the Bible tells us that all of sin have come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. If we try to find our value when it comes to getting to heaven and anything that we can do, the Bible tells us it's not by our works, lest any man should boast. We can't do it. But while we were yet sinners... God saw value in you, and Christ died for you on a cross. The Bible says the wage of sin is death, so what did Jesus do? He died in your place. Why is His death sufficient? Well, because He's the only one in history who ever rose again and never died again. For in this morning... If you're sitting here and you're skeptical this morning, you say, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure if he actually rose again. Well, Paul says over in, in, in 1 Corinthians, he says, listen. He said, after Jesus Christ rose from the grave, he said he was seen of the, the apostles. He was seen uh, of many witnesses. Not only that, he was seen by over 500 people at one time, most of which are alive, were alive when Paul was writing those words. And so if they didn't believe, they could have went to those people and said, did this really happen to those people? Would have said, could have said, no, that's not true. But they would have said, yes, it is. Why? Because it did happen. Jesus Christ did rise from the grave. And the Bible says, because he rose from the grave, you and I have hope. See, with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You come to that place where you say, Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I deserve the payment for sin. And the payment for sin is death and eternity in a lake of fire. That's what I deserve. But Jesus died in my place, so I accept that payment. How will you forgive me? The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a promise from God. And it's the greatest gift you could ever receive. And listen, friend, the reason it happened is because God values you.
You have valued him. Hope this morning that you see that. See, Jesus sent that angel to those shepherds because he wanted them to know and he wanted us to know no matter how low society may deem you, no matter how low you may think of yourself, for unto you is born this day. There was value. God finds value in you. God finds value in them this morning. And I want us to see secondly, not only are you valuable to God, but they had a purpose from God. A purpose from God. Look at verse number 12 there in the Bible. Chapter number 2. And this shall be a sign unto you, he says, Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. In the midst of this shocking moment for these lowly shepherds, they discovered God had a purpose for them. He says, listen, you are going to go and find this baby in grave clothes lying in a manger. But don't miss this. Their purpose was more than going to find a baby lying in a manger. Don't don't miss it. Their purpose began long before that. God gave them the purpose to be a shepherd. You see, if they they hadn't been faithful to the seemingly meaningless task that, that, that they had been given, they never would have been given the purpose to be the first to see and proclaim the birth of the Messiah. See, faithfulness isn't just found in extraordinary moments of life. Faithfulness is found in the consistent daily actions of your life. Can you imagine... If one of the shepherds on that day decided to call in sick, what a bummer. I mean, like, if there's one day you don't want to miss work, it's the day when the angels show up, okay? I mean, like that. Can you imagine? Imagine if if there was a shepherd who walked away his job just a few days before. I'm tired of this. I'm done with this. I'm I'm finished. I'm going to go make something of my life. I'm, I'm too important for this job and left it. And he missed it by like a day or two. I mean, like... For the rest of history. I mean, like that, that would have been awful. One of my favorite parts of the story of the birth of Jesus is all the names that we don't know. Sure, we, we know Joseph and Mary. We know Elizabeth and Zacharias. We even know Simeon and, and Anna. We talked about them last year who, who saw Jesus in the temple shortly after his birth. But, but we don't know the names of the Magi from the East, those wise men. We don't know the name of the innkeeper, and aren't you thankful that you aren't that guy, right? You know, for all of history. I have no room for you. It's like, oh man. I mean, the guy was just, he just didn't have any room. I mean, like the poor guy. And we don't know the name of these shepherds. Now, we know there are three of them, because every Christmas story show that I have seen with children always have three, okay? But, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's as far as that theology goes, okay? We don't know anything about them. But what we do know is that they were faithful fulfilling their purpose as shepherds. While they were faithful, God gave them the honor to be at the birth of Christ and to be the first people on earth to proclaim the Messiah's birth. In Luke chapter number 2, verse number 20, the Bible says the shepherds, after they saw Christ, they returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard, all the things they had seen as it was told unto them. 
Everywhere they went, they began proclaiming, Jesus, the Messiah is born. He's born. God gave them that honor. Why? Because He had a purpose. And they were faithful to Him. Friend, this morning, God's given you a purpose. You're valuable to God. And He has a purpose for you. Everyone in this room, you've been given abilities and talents that are unique to you. Unique to you. Abilities that that maybe nobody else in this room has. Gifts that God has given to you. Some of you can play an instrument, and it's incredible. I'm so thankful. We've got a few ladies here at the church that that can play the piano. It's been great. It's been awesome. We've got a couple ladies in this this, this church that can play the violin or fiddle, just depending on what you want to call it, all right? And uh, you got to hear one of them today, Alyssa. I mean, it's it's, it's a blessing. I mean, the the abilities that that some... And listen, there's some others in this room that some of you, I know you can play instruments, and you're not doing it, all right? So, you know, but uh, listen... I wish I could play something. It'd be so awesome. The other day, I, we were—I we were, uh, don't remember if we were at that, where we were at—but I—I I, I can't play most things. But there's one thing that I did learn to play whenever I was a little bit younger, and uh, I grabbed it out of the drawer, a couple of spoons, and I began to tap them on my knee. And my kids were not impressed. I do not understand. So they looked at me and they're like, well, what in the world? Listen, I mean, God's, God's gifted you that way. There's some in this room that, listen, God hasn't gifted you with music, all right? I mean, it's, uh, some of you are sitting there going, yeah, it's the guy behind me. Okay, listen, uh, so some of you maybe, maybe weren't, weren't, weren't born with, with some of those, those abilities, but, but there are some that are, and the reality is, is maybe you've been gifted in a different way. Some of you can connect with people, with anyone, at any time. Some of you, I told my mom this one time, I said, Mom, you've been given the gift of gab, all right? I mean, we're sh- my mom's one of those people that's never met a stranger. I mean, like, she can come into a room, and she would, if she, if she came in this morning, she'd probably know everybody in this room before it was all said and done. I mean, it's just the way that she, she can, she can talk to anybody, and there's some in this room, that maybe you have that, that ability. There's others of you, like me, that are more introverted. How many of you are introverted? Let me see your hand for a second. Okay, yeah, I, I'm just kidding. You don't have to raise your hand, okay? You poor things. They're like, please don't, no! Yeah. <laughs> It's just, that's just not where you're at. But there's something that, that God's enabled you. That God's gifted you that way. Some of you have an ability to build, to work with your hands. It just comes natural to you. You, you can see something and you can take it and you can make something incredible with it that, that other people look at and say, wow, that's amazing. I don't know how you did it. You say, well, it's just, it wasn't that big a deal. I just did this, I did, just did that. And some of us are going, I could never, I could never do that. You know, God's given every person in this room abilities that are unique to you. I guess we could say it way. He's given you unique gifts. Gifts. Christmas morning is always an exciting time. I remember growing up, couldn't wait for Christmas morning. Uh, I, I think I've shared this before, but I remember my parents, they would always wait to put the gifts out on, on Christmas Eve, like in the middle, it had to be like three o'clock in the morning. They had to go out and put it out there. And I remember we got older and like we were in our teenage years, like all, like it's me, my brother and my sister, I'm the oldest. And like all of us, we, we were older. And I remember, I'll never forget when my parents, before Christmas Eve, put a couple of presents under the Christmas tree. My brother was livid. I mean, he was so angry. He was like, what are you doing? 
You can't put these underneath here right now. Like, you got to wait until Christmas Eve to put them underneath the tree, you know? I mean, like, what, what are you guys thinking? You're ruining tradition, right? You know, I mean, it was a, it was a big deal. And I can remember as a kid getting up, and, and we had the old camcorder that was about that big, and, and we had to wait for Dad to go over and put the VCR tape in and press play, and, and you know, before we could... And then we, had, and then we had to redo the excitement all over again so they'd catch it on camera. And, I mean, I remember all those things. And, and uh, you know, I, it, it's been a blessing now as a as a parent now get to experience some of those things with our kids and on Christmas morning you know how it is they, the kids wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning oh we're so excited and we're like go back to sleep you know <laughs> we're not interested in doing this right now you know <laughs> wait until the, so you gotta, the the rule is you gotta wait until the sunlight comes out before you even think about getting yeah, amen thank you amen yes you gotta wait at least until then okay I mean like we can't we can't I mean Christmas presents don't work before then alright just doesn't just don't and uh, they get so excited, and then we sit down, and we, you know, you give them the, the gifts, and then they, they begin to unwrap a, a gift, and, and there's just excitement, and they're, they're, they're excited to play with their new toy. Now, if, if you have kids, you've experienced this. Shortly after, they get their present, and, and they're, they're all sitting around there, and they're playing with their toy, and all of a sudden, one of them looks over and sees the other one's toy. And they put their toy down and they walk over to the other one and they say, can I play with that? Or they just take it, one of the two. You know, usually it's the second. But, but can I play with that? And what's the response? Yeah. No! It's mine! <laughs> right? This is my gift! It's mine! I get to play with this! This is mine! Right? That's, that's what happens. Maybe not in your house is what happens in my house. Okay? I mean, that's, uh, that's the way that it is, right? God's given each of us gifts. And unfortunately, we're a lot like the kids. God, they're mine. They're mine. One of the saddest realities, so many times, we only use the gifts that God has given us to make ourselves money and serve ourselves. All the while, God is saying, I gave you those gifts for a purpose. I have a purpose for you. God's given every person in this room a purpose, a purpose to glorify Him, to serve Him with the gifts and the abilities that He has given you, and ultimately He has given you your gifts that you might to be able to tell others about Him, to use those gifts, those abilities, those things that He's given to you so that you can connect with someone, so that you can do something, so that you can build a relationship, so that what? So that you can talk to them about Christ. Friend, are you using your gifts for God or are you saying they're mine to Him? Say, well, my gift's just teaching kids. It's such a menial task. But what about when God opens the door for you to give the gospel to one of those kids? My gift is just working on cars or on building. It doesn't seem really that important in the grand scheme of things, but what about when God gives you the opportunity to talk to one of those people on the job site about the gospel? See, we all are just shepherds. That's the purpose God has given us. But as we are faithful doing the things we deem unimportant, God opens the door for the greatest purpose, giving the gospel. See, before you are whatever it is that you do, you are a Christian, if you know Christ as your Savior. 
And if you are a Christian, then 2 Corinthians 5.20 tells you then, now we are ambassadors for Christ. That means you're a representative for God, and therefore you're supposed to stand on behalf of Him and deliver His message. That's what an ambassador is supposed to do. In 1 Corinthians 10.31, he makes it very clear, whether therefore ye eat, or you drink, or whatsoever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Friend, while you are in your life, shepherding the sheep, whatever that looks like in your life, whatever task God has given you, whatever ability and gifting that God has given you, while you are doing that, while you are fulfilling that purpose that may seem like nothing, may seem menial to you, may seem trivial, one day God came into your life and He gave you the greatest message. And some point through your life, there's going to be a wonderful opportunity to give the greatest news to someone else. May we not be so guilty of saying, God, this life, the gifts that I have, they're mine. When we ought to be using them for the glory of God. Sharing His gospel. This morning there's great news. Luke chapter 2, verse number 11. For unto you is born this day. The city of David, a Savior which is Christ the Lord. It's a message to you and to me. It's a message of hope because you have value to God. Don't fall to the lies of the world that would tell you anything less. It's a message of purpose. We fulfill that purpose that God has for your life today. Use the gifts that He has given you for His Glory. Maybe at the end of my life, while no one on this earth may remember my name, maybe a faithful shepherd, I'll stand before a Savior one day who loved me so much that He gave His life for me. And I'll say, you were the reason I came. You were my reason for the season. And you were faithful in your purpose. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And I hope that will be the prayer of every person in this room this morning. God, the good news. Good tidings. If you've received it, I hope you'll realize this morning. It's because you have value. You have a purpose. May we fulfill that purpose and glorify God with our lives. Let's have heads bowed and eyes closed this morning. Thank you, Father, for this.